spring onion, not spring onion. <laughs> what is it you say? <clears throat> She's no spring Why onion. Why is it you're a spring chicken and never a spring Chicken! Ar- Why are you never a spring aardvark? I don't know. Do they have aardvarks in spring? I thought you were kind of all round, to be honest. I thought they hibernated. Do they? I don't know. I know nothing about aardvarks. Okay, I'm going to have to go look up what aardvarks A medium-sized insectivore with a protruding nasal implement. Chicken? An aardvark. Oh! It's an aardvark! Can't you see that, Your Highness? It's a bloody aardvark! Oh dear, still on aardvark, are we? I'm afraid so, sir. And if I ever meet an aardvark, I'm going to stamp on its protruding nasal implement so that it couldn't suck up an insect if its life depended on it. around the campfire albeit we'd have to bank it up a bit and make it a bit yeah you know. i might have to bank it a bit but you know it's still good that's cool yeah an aardvark and where were we aardvarks okay where did you want to be well if we're going to start somewhere i guess we better say hail and welcome hail and welcome well met well by moonlight possibly depending on where you are and when you are in the world this is true yes. there may or may not be moonlight depending there may be moonlight you're not, are you? You are. <laughs> you are. I'm just saying there may be moonlight. But if there's music. And music. And love. And, and romance. We could always hear some music and dance. <sighs> Welcome to Frithcast episode 26. 26? I think 26. We did. Yes. I ran out of fingers and toes, but I'm just about... I think we're at 26. It might be 26. Somewhere around there, anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the one... After that one, the last one, and before one, the other one, and before the next one. <laughs> okay. We'll mark it up properly before we put it up. It'll be fine. <clears throat> um, Whatever it says on the tin is what it was. Yeah, we'll go look at it later. The tin. Yeah, that we haven't read yet. So, hello. Be fine. Hello. Welcome to episode yes. probably Sorry. twenty-six. Getting slightly distracted and sidetracked, but. Actually, that's kind of going to be quite good for this episode because we're going to be talking about tricksters. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yes. In heathenism, in Asatru, there is one very notable trickster, but I also want to have an investigate round some of the other tricksters. And as usual, we'll throw shed loads of links in and you can go off and zoom around and have an explore. That sounds like an excellent <coughs> plan. Oh, uh, would you like music to go here? Possibly. Okay. Or later. Or later? Earlier? Actually, we've got quite a bit, so maybe earlier. Earlier? Yeah. Okay. That'd be good. So before we zoom into the wonders of tricksters, I'm Suzanne. And I'm Kate, and I'm a druid who happens to live here. Hooray! Yay! This is a good thing. Okay, so, so as a celebrated druidy thing, 
kind of. What is there in your mythology and your understanding that represents the trickster? Well, I'm a bit of a funny example of a druidy thing, in that most druids will have a particular affinity for the Celtic mm. mythologies. I kind of don't that much. I don't have a sort of a specific mythology as such, and probably I'm more... I know there are a couple of uh, trickster figures in Celtic mythology um, that could fit the mould. Mm. Um, a lad called Gwydion, uh, who is a sort of magical trickster type okay. being, and uh, the god... Now you're going to have to forgive me if you have any knowledge of Irish or uh, uh, old Irish pronunciation, but I'm going to say Lug, the god L-U-G-H, whence we get the term Lunasa for the um, second harvest. Mm. First harvest. He also sort of fits that mould, but my primary affinity is actually, um, ironically enough, and I'll get kicked out of the Druid Club for this, um, <laughs> because my, my primary affinity is actually with the Roman deities. Mm. Um, in which case you have a couple who would fit uh, fit the, de the, the description being Mercury, um, yes. the who is also the god of primarily the god of communication, yes. uh, and also interestingly the god of the internet, also good, which is kind of cool. Uh, one so that, his Greek equivalent would be Hermes. Hermes, that's Hermes, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also Discordia, who okay. is the goddess uh, who brings uh, discord, disorder, Dis chaos, disharmony, disharmony. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about tricksters in general and focus on how those parts reflect back into the Norse pantheon. Okay. Probably with a couple of side alleys because we do side alleys. Yeah, and why not? So you find trickster types in cultures across the polytheistic world. You won't find them where you have duality or where you have binary deities. Okay. We're not looking at them in monotheistic terms as a rule. Yeah. You, you find them where you have groups of gods mm. or groups of deities. So you'll find Hermes and you'll find Mercury. You'll find Legba. Yeah. Loki, Thought Raven, Eshu, Odysseus, the Monkey King okay. from Monkey's Journey to the West. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you'll find Coyote as well. Uh-huh. And those are some of the really big trickster types but you'll only find them where you have a group of gods rather than is a man see a trickster do you know i don't know i have to look it up yeah, carry on then. sorry okay so they are the masters of the in-between or the mistresses of the in-between in some cases okay the tricksters don't live at the hearth they don't generally have a home mm -hmm. um, so in in the Norse, in, in heathenism, Loki doesn't have a hall of his own. He has a family, but most of the other gods have halls and lands which are listed. They have titles. They have places that they call home. Mm. But he never has one. He never has a name of a hall. He doesn't have a, a Valhalla or a... What is it? Sesrimnir? Sesrimnir or Folkvang. Yeah. He doesn't have any kind of place, but he has family. So... Where do they live? Okay. But, side point, the tricksters don't live in the halls of justice, especially not in the halls of justice. <laughs> uh, they don't, they're not associated with the soldier's tent, the shaman's hut. They go through each of these, but they're the doorway. They're the crossroads. They're the spirit of the road at dusk. They're 
the the road that joins two towns together but belongs to neither of them. Liminal beings. <clears throat> they are very, very liminal. If you look at tricksters in a lot of the different understandings of uh, culture, they're often very, very hungry. They're all to do with food. At the beginning, I can relate. Their stories are to do with food. So in the Norse pantheon, Loki is known as wildfire. His appetite for food is seen in the challenges that they face at Utgard when he eats his way down the length of a, a trencher. Okay. Food to see who can eat the fastest. They're also connected with food in other aspects. So he's, Loki especially, when he's on the run, when the gods are hunting him, right at the very end of the mist cycle, uh, he devises the first fishing net because he likes to take the shape of a salmon okay. and swim in the rivers to, to hide himself. Yeah. So he sits there and thinks, what would be the way that the gods would catch me if I were a salmon? And he creates the first fishing net. And when the gods come upon him, he throws the net on the fire. But they can see from the lines, the blackened lines and the ash, what kind of shape of thing they need to catch him with. So he built, he built the thing that he knew they would need to catch him. He did. He invented the thing okay. that eventually caught him. So he's simultaneously an innovator and a hunter, but also the prey. All right. He's both at the same time. Um, the seed of his own downfall. Yes. Sort of thing. He creates the seed. You know, what's the one thing that I have to avoid? It looks like this. Okay. And then it's in being, it's created, and it's accessible to the rest yeah, of the world. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you look at, there's a, a, a trickster on the, the North Pacific called Raven, and he makes the first fish hook. Um, the oldest known use of the word trick in Homeric Greek refers to baiting a hook to catch fish. So it's all to do with fish. Okay. Which is one of the simplest methods of um, hunting and gathering. Hmm. After you've gone after all the plants, or as well as going after all the plants, fishing is your next sort of step up before you start expending a huge amount of of energy in tracking larger game, yeah. fish is game that's generally a lot smaller and therefore easier to handle. And it tends to come to you. And it tends to come as to you. As long as you know where to be for it to come to you. Yes, mm. yeah. There are stories where it's basically it's the, the fish's hunger that, or the fish's instinct that drives them into the traps that the trickster has created. Yeah. Coyote creates a fish trap and tells the salmon, hey salmon, jump into my trap. And the salmon does, because it's spawning time. Okay. And the salmon is driven by a need to get to a particular point on the river where coyotes put his traps. Right. So he puts the trap out, but it's the fish's desire and intent and hunger that drives it into it. Traps itself. Yeah. Like a monkey trap. Like a monkey trap. You put the, uh, <clears throat> uh, a, little, a little hole that it can get his hand into. Yeah. Put sweeties inside. Yeah. It grips the sweetie. Yeah. Tries to pull its hand out, but now it's bunched fist with the sweetie, and it can't come out through the hole. Yes, but it doesn't think of letting it go. But it doesn't want to let the sweetie go because it means doing without the sweetie. Yeah. So, you know. So for me, the I'm I'm going to be using a lot of the word trickster, but for me, the word isn't just somebody who plays pranks. Okay. It's a lot deeper than that, and it's a lot more complex than that. 
If I give you an example, we'll stick with the fish thing because we've just kind of, hopefully it's nice and fresh in people's memories. Fresh fish. Fresh fish. We catch them, you buy them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, never mind. If you set a fish trap and you are, you know, you, you pray to the gods and say, please bring me some food today and put it in my trap when I check it later because then I can eat and I can carry on living. Yeah. If you go back to the trap and there is no fish, or if you go back to the trap and there is fish, you can put either of those down to your petition with the gods or your skill in making the trap. But you've got that binary exchange. You either have a fish or you don't. Yeah. The trickster represents to me the third thing that can happen. If you are faced with two paths, you take the third way. Okay. And the third thing that can happen, you know, how do you explain if your trap breaks? Mm. So, for me, uh, the trickster is the third way. The way that is different from how society expects. Mm. He's, the Lord of Mischief is a literal imitator. So he will change his face, his shape, and his species as pretty much as freely as we change clothes. Okay. He's, the posh word for that is polytropic. He changes many ways. Yeah. Polytropic. Polytropic. Oh, so he changes that many ways. He's not <clears throat> the only trickster that does that kind of thing. If you look at our word mercurial, from mercury, mm -hmm. meaning somebody inconsistent and somebody shifting. Yes, true. Something that changes, a metal that acts like a liquid. Mm. Something that doesn't obey the understanding that we have of the world. It's yeah. a metal, it's solid. Yeah. If it's a liquid, it's not a metal. Get your head around it because, pfft, yeah, except mercury. So we have a word mercurial for somebody who shifts and twists and somebody who isn't. And it is a thoroughly baffling thing <clears throat> to look at. And if you get a chance, I mean, <clears throat> I was going to say if you get a chance to play with some mercury, obviously don't, because yeah, it's highly that. toxic. But but I have seen people clear up thermometer spills when it was old-fashioned mercury thermometers and yeah, yeah. electronic ones. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fabulous. And, just as a little aside, on the way past, another thing I learned from QI, I think. <laughs> if you had a bucket of mercury, you could float a cannonball in it. No. Yeah, you uh -huh. get a proper iron cannonball. Oh, You know how heavy they mad. are? Yeah. Put it in a bottle, put it in a bottle. Put it in a big bucket of mercury and it will float on the liquid. It's weird. That is mad. Yeah. That is some mad mercurial stuff right there. Oh. If you look at a lot of trickster figures, they are literally cataclysmic change agents. They, if you look at Loki, he aids the, the theft of the apples of immortality and the gods begin to age. Okay. And he gives that of immortality, he gives that that agent of immortality, those apples, he gives them to the giants and they get a taste of immortality. And then as part of the same tale, he inverts it and gets the apples back to the gods. And the one giant that comes after the apples and wants them back, they end up building a fire and roasting him alive as he hits the gate, as he hits the walls of Asgard. That's a very reasonable way of dealing with him. <clears throat> yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> That's 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 a little bit like if I haven't seen such riches I could live with being poor, isn't it? Yes. So he he is an agent of change. Mm. He is an agent of 
chaotic change, opportunity. He brings disorder, he brings vulnerability, quite literally in that particular tale. Mm. He lets the gods understand what mortality is so that they fully appreciate their immortality and then reverses the situation and gives them their immortality back. Mm. He goes and fetches the apples. He's also instrumental in the death of Baldur. Yes. So as an agent, this cataclysmic change agent is part of what I mean when I say the word trickster. Mm. For me, the trickster represents accidental gain and accidental loss. Okay. All in the same breath. Two sides, the same coin. Well, maybe not even a coin. Two sides of the same fish. <laughs> that is just unexpected. Tricksters are, I mean, we've talked a little bit about how they take the, the accepted norms of the society that they're in and twist them, mm. shape them up. And he not only does that with the, like, the apples of mortality, but also with the death of Balder, he, he takes the, the ongoing society and shifts it in a different direction. Um, he's also, like many of the tricksters, known for connections with shame and speech and not knowing when to shut up. Well, mm. saying too much, saying it at an inappropriate time. Yeah. So if you look at one of Coyote's stories, he decides he's going to be the sun god. So okay. he goes into the sun lodge and he can see everybody. So he sees the people who are quite enamoured with each other from afar and tells them because that's a good thing to do. And those who have quarrels with each other in private, he tells all of their village so that they can, you know, sort it out because that's what the sun god does. Right. He has no sense of tact. He has no sense of shame. He has no sense of knowing when is a good time to not talk. Okay. There's no diplomacy there. <clears throat> there really isn't, not with Coyote in charge. And so the, the tale is ends very abruptly by saying they got rid of Coyote very quickly. Oh, okay. By basically saying you need somebody, you need to have that understanding societal tact. And yeah. those unwritten social rules that say when it's a good time to talk and when it's a good time to not. Yeah. There are verses in the Havamal that cover the same thing. But the one, the really big one is Loki's flighting. In Loki's flighting, he insults... I think about 14 people in a row, one after the other. Yes. And he doesn't have any idea of tact. And he tries... It's not a, a guilt culture that he's imitating. It's a shame culture. He's bringing up all the things that are shameful about those people. Yeah. But, I mean, it's fair to say there he's not trying to be tactful. I mean, he's not trying... He's trying to... Well, he's trying to do just that. He's yeah. trying to drag out the uh, all the things he thinks is going to make people... Yes. It's going to be little people in front of everyone else. In front of everybody. Mm. He also, as part of another tale, he has his lips sewn shut oh, by yeah. a very, very irate dwarf. That's that's irate. Very, very I've irate. I've been irate with people before, but... Not, not to that example, irate. Mm. Um, this very, very irate dwarf craftsman has been promised Loki's head Okay. for a, a wager... And I, I, I take it I'm, I'm reading that with the assumption that he didn't want the rest of Loki attached to it. He did not want the rest of Loki attached to it. Uh, but when it came time to collect his prize, Loki said, well, you can have the head, but you can't take the neck. 
Awkward. Very awkward. So the dwarf decided that as he had the head, he could do anything he wanted to do with it, and so he sewed Loki's lips shut. Okay. Loki didn't take the hint, and he just pulled the thong out and carried on talking. Ouch. Yeah. So you've got to say the, the man has some, you know, has some yeah courage there. Quite. So he doesn't know what's socially acceptable and what isn't, or he does, and he chooses to deliberately ignore that. Mm. And he doesn't know when it's socially acceptable not to give secrets away. Okay. Um, so tricksters, all of the tricksters, Loki included. If you're thinking about working with him. Some heathens will acknowledge him, some won't, because they don't want his attention. The people that do want to acknowledge him feel that it's better to acknowledge him, Mm -hmm. but again, to invite wildfire into your home. And expect it to stay in the hearth. And expect it to stay in the hearth. You have that balance to find, I suppose, between, as you say, attracting attention. Mm. And Um, not insulting. And not insulting. That's the thing. I mean, if you exclude him entirely, you know, you never mention his name. You don't acknowledge his existence. Yeah. He will remind you of his existence, I'm fairly sure. He will. And there are ways and means, mm. I think, mm. <laughs> that he has at his disposal. And certainly the, the, the myth cycle is full of examples of what his potential is. Yeah. So for me tricksters help people to see to the heart of something by showing us what it actually is by turning it on its head and saying look at it this way Mm. invert it does it still make the same sense to you but we often see loki in different shapes in the sagas different species different face Mm. so which one is the real loki does it have to be any of them can it be all of them and any of them at all and That's kind of what I find beautifully paradoxical about him, is the fact that he wears so many different faces Mm. and shapes and is mercurial. Yeah. Is this, doesn't, it defies categorization, defies words that you can put to him, but he's the one that shows you the truth of things by inverting what goes on. So for me, he's more than a trickster. And he's more than somebody who just plays pranks for laughs. Mm. He's he's someone who offers lies to reveal the truth to you and then leaves you very confused about whether you should be accepting that knowledge or not. Yeah. <laughs> he brings chance events which bear opportunities or bear messages and then it's kind of, you know, up to you as to what you do with it. Mm. He will throw it your way. He might. And see how you cope. And see how you cope, see what it is. For me, he embodies potential. That, for me, is his big aspect. Mm. He is the potential. And what that potential is, anybody's guess. Mm. You know, it could be... He knows, but you don't get to. Potential for something very, very good. Potential for (coughs) something that looks good, but probably isn't. Yeah. Potential for something really not good at all. I mean, it's... I he think, will use any and or all of those in equal measure. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the way you're describing <laughs> him, it's, it's got to be said. I mean, and it's, and it's a similar, it's a similar theme to the trickster concept throughout mythologies around the world, I'm sure. But you know, he's he is basically where wisdom comes from. 
in a way because he's he's the as you say it's 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 the way by which you come across challenges mm. and you find out where things can go and how well equipped you are to deal with them yes um yeah very much so you know i mean he he will no doubt leave a lot of people lying in the dirt and you know that couldn't that couldn't deal with whatever situation he yeah. created the picture i have in my head aside from um, Tom Hiddleston at the moment is um, John Delancey yes because it's essentially the continuum. Yes. yes I think essentially what you what the way you're describing <clears throat> this 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 concept is clearly what they had in mind when they were writing Q mm-hmm. somebody who will just appear out of nowhere shake things up enormously with absolutely no sense that's discernible to the to the mortals who are having to having to sort of face it yeah uh, and it's all to do with teaching you lessons or is it mm. is it just because it's a laugh is it just you know you, there's no way of knowing because they're they the the, the sort of the, the thinking that they're doing is on a, such a totally different level yes yeah he's certainly that mm. um, so for me he's the outsider who's also a friend He's both, and he's neither. He's imagination. He's the really awesome question, what if? Yeah. He's someone who highlights social constraints by twisting them about and saying, is this really what we want to be doing? Yeah. Is this where you want to type things? Are these rules in place for a reason? Or are they something that we can twist? You can't have an absolutely stable society of order. Mm. You need change, and you need um, whether it's playful change or whether it's cataclysmic change. Mm. You need change to evolve, mm. to grow, to develop, to learn, to not quite be the same person you were a year ago. Very true. So for me, he's motley. He's satire. Mm. He is complexity and he's innovation. And he's all of these things and none of them at all. Mm. And probably some other words besides. <laughs> he's he's someone who is God or a giant. Um, or he's both. Or he's neither. Mm. All at once. He's light. Yes. Particle, wave, neither, both something else something else Uh, so for me he's something else Mm. he's a necessary something else because without innovation and change we don't develop Mm. we don't grow but that innovation and change for me has to be tempered it has to be tempered by uh, progressivism and pragmatism yes you have to have all three things but in balance Mm. and the 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 myth cycle certainly shows the gods making good use of an agent of change mm. to say you've got us into this you get us out of this it's and change does yeah i mean uh, in in general political terms it's like a society needing progressivism needing conservatism mm. and needing 
uh, yeah, I suppose development. Development, <coughs> a, a, a bit of a shake-up. You can't have you can't have a healthy society with just one or the other. No, even if you have a stable society, you still have change in time. Mm. So you will still have an agent of change in there. Mm. So yeah, next episode we're going to kind of continue that on this theme. We're going to look at Loki's flighting in a little bit more detail. Okay. Because it is the most awesome insult contest. <laughs> and I really want to put a whole episode together of, about the insult contest. So we'll stop there for today. And if you're not careful, we keep talking about things like this, I'll start telling you about the Fae. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lovely listeners, we're going to go have a bit more of a conversation about this. <laughs> we'll throw you some links in the description like we usually do. Go and have a hunt round for yourself, see what you think. Yeah. Before we wrap up for today, I'm Suzanne. You can find me on Facebook as Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Twitter. And if for whatever reason you want to uh, get in touch with me, you can find me at glassrain.net uh, and my various social media accounts are linked from there. Lovely. So we will talk to you next time to talk all about the flight. The flight. The flight. Yay. Yay. So we will see you next time, little listeners. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Staff of Ra, I has translated it. What did it say? It say this. Ra! <laughs> <laughs>